I'll never forget. This was the fall of 2016. I was setting up my first event. And I say setting up, meaning like planning it a couple months out. My dad had just been diagnosed with stage four cancer. That was very tough. I was uh, recently broke. (laughs) That was very tough. That was the first time I lost over 100 grand. I had this prophetic word uh, given to me, which um, basically it was like three strangers reading my mail. And Holy Spirit hid me like a pile of bricks in a good way, but in a wake-up call kind of way, showing me who I am and what I was made to do, uh, being called to speak to nations, to uh, tear out strongholds of the enemy, which are you know lies that people believe in their mind, and to build and to plant truth and to instill that in others. And so all of this was happening at the same time, and, and my best friend was on the phone with me and, and knew everything that had been happening and how I'd uh, you know, been irresponsible with money and all these other things. And, um, and I had you know, kind of tried this and done that and found myself doing coaching and was starting that journey. And he said, he was like, I've been praying and, and I just, I'm, I want to give you 15 grand. Um, is that going to be enough? And so all of this was happening at the same time. And my girlfriend at the time had just moved to New York City to be closer to me. That's Savannah, my now wife. Thank God. You know, all of all of these things were kind of compiling, converging, some good, some, some, I don't want to label it as good, but some some positive or healthy, some difficult and challenging. Uh, I would say like some exciting and some really depleting and energy draining. And it was at this kind of pivotal point point in my life where I had this, I also had a crossroads kind of decision where I was like, okay, it's been about you know, a year and change since I left Wall Street. And, and now I have to decide, like, am I really going to commit to this entrepreneurial journey where I don't really have anything built or steady income stream or anything? In fact, I'm actually, I, I don't know how I'm going to do this. And a friend had just given me some money, but that, I don't know anything else. And if you're in finance, you know this, but there are serious certifications and after I had left, I believe there was like a timeline or expiration coming up. So if I had let them expire, then going back would have been a lot more difficult. Going back to Wall Street or more like secure, stable kind of corporate uh, life would have been a lot more difficult because the certifications were going to expire. So all of this was kind of happening. And it was at that time when I decided I'm going to host an event. Like I, I kind of doubled down on the path that I'm on. And I said, I'm going to host an event. And it's and I remember the moment that I got the idea for it, but it, it was like light bulb, you know, like just a total aha moment for me, lightning strike moment for me. And I was like, the event's going to be called Welcome to Yourself. And I was like, I'm going to charge people money to come hear me speak. I, was, I think it was 27 or 28. I'm going to charge people money to come hear me speak at a venue in New York City. And the intensity of the fear that came on me over the course of those next several weeks was just insane. Like I'd never had a panic attack, but I was like pretty darn close, if not in one, at least one of those times that the fear intensified. And I can look back and say some of that was just immature mind 
And that, what I mean by that is a mind that is not governed by the spirit. So there's maybe like an early days maturity of my of my growth just generally. And even emotionally, as I was going through a lot of healing, I was in a pretty vulnerable place. You know, if, if I told people, hey, I'm doing life coaching or coaching, any one comment would kind of send me spiraling. And it, it was very easy for people to make offhanded comments uh, without knowing the effect that they would have on me. But it was something that I knew, like in my heart somewhere, I was like, this is something I'm made to do. And it was just being confirmed, you know, despite my shortcomings, it was being confirmed uh, by God's grace, whether it was through people providing financially and saying, I, I just want you to have this and go for it. I believe in you. I don't know what you're going to do. Or, or through people who are total strangers speaking identity into me and showing me who I truly am and, and what I would be finding myself doing shortly thereafter. But uh, ultimately, I had to make a choice. I had to make a choice, and that choice was, I'm going to reinvent myself. And, and it came to the point where I had to say, look in the mirror, TJ. Like, you have a choice to go back to who you've been or to move forward towards who you're becoming. And something I always say, I heard it once, it just really sticks, not just with me, but other people. And it's a man without a vision for his future is a man who returns to his past. And the vision for my future wasn't super clear, but I at least knew, okay, this is the choice I get to make. You know, I can pursue this path and it, professionally coaching and speaking and whatever. But it was like more like this is a calling or an expression of a calling in my life. And sure, it'll be hard and I don't know all the things it'll entail. But, you know, if I died tomorrow, I'd regret really not going for it and trying so there came a point where I had to say, okay, I'm going to shed the old identity and really go after the person God's designed me to be. And that came with an intense amount of fear, a lot of obstacles, practical things I didn't know how to do. I had no idea how to write copy. I had no idea what the event was going to be. I had no idea how to coordinate an event. I had no idea how to do a lot of things. But God's grace is sufficient and um, and he definitely met me there. So I had, you know, 28 friends and kind of loose connections, maybe a couple of strangers show up and support me really for the event. Welcome to yourself in New York City. This was 2016. I'll never forget it. December 10th. It was really an activating moment. You know, I hosted the event called Welcome to Yourself for Other People, but really it was like, hey, TJ, welcome to yourself. <laughs> it was like, this is, this is who you are. And... Um, and so after that, there were a number of things that happened. Uh, took the event to D.C. and I have a network in D.C. because I was born and raised outside D.C. So I had a network in the Northern Virginia area, Maryland, D.C. area. So I went to, to take the event there and then a God connection brought me to London and I started getting paid to speak. And so that was all within a few, few months. Uh, but it was scary. And that process of reinventing myself, you know, if I look back and I'm like, what really happened? You know, what, what was the pivotal moment for me? I think sometimes we, we make change more complicated than it needs to be. Because the pivotal moment for me 
wasn't like, how do I become a life coach, speaker, put on a like professional identity? Like it wasn't that. The pivotal moment for me was, okay, I just have a new vision and direction of where I'm going. And I'm making a choice to not go back to my past. I don't know what the future holds, but I trust that the Lord has me because he's always had me even when I didn't see it. I can look back and see he was faithful. And that's a practical thing. Like I can look back at my story and see, oh my gosh, in that moment, God was faithful and I didn't even know it. How many more times has he been faithful and I didn't see it? And so I took that thought and I made a choice. I said, I'm moving forward towards the person I'm becoming because that old old identity, I know with 100% certainty, this isn't about a professional thing, right? If you catch my drift, I knew that in order for me to keep growing, I was going to have to do things I hadn't done. And one of those things was close the door on my past. And I've had to do that many times over during the last six, seven years. It's really a skill that I think is worth developing for us to become more of the person God's made us to be, to grow positively. I think we have to develop that skill of reinventing ourselves daily and learning how to close that gap of the time that it takes us to recover from the mental reversion back to old ways of thinking or speaking or living. You know, if you catch yourself thinking, speaking, living like your old self, being able to jump back into, okay, no, but this is the direction towards the new me, towards my God-given identity, how God sees me, who I'm made to be, whether it's relationships professionally, all of these things, right? How I prioritize my health, whatever it is. In order to grow, you have to move forward and you have to make a conscious choice to leave the past behind. And that is not something that happens easily. But I think the most important thing that I could communicate to somebody who's in that journey of identity transformation, identity growth, in order to to really do that, you have to develop the skill of reinventing yourself and you can't be afraid to leave your old identity behind. It doesn't mean that you'll never carry anything from your past with you. It just means that you are choosing to pursue the new. You're choosing to embrace what I call in the boot camp version 2.0 of you. And that's who God's made you to be. Now, How do you bring this home, TJ, to make it like super practical? Well, my wife has told me this. She's like, well, when girls go through breakups, they cut their hair because it's a big way to kind of start fresh. And in a way to me, that's kind of like the idea of reinventing yourself. You know, I know some people think about, in my example, the idea of reinventing yourself through changing careers and others. Maybe it's like, I'm just going to uproot my life completely and move across country. I think all those things our means, you know, whether it's physical appearance or professional direction or, you know, even physical location, all those things are means of of changing yourself or or reinventing yourself. But I want to make it more simple than that. Like 
What if you just simply change your priorities? Okay, sometimes reinventing yourself might just be as simple as changing how you approach your day or what you choose to do in your evenings or mornings. Small changes can make a really big difference. And as I look back on some of the bigger changes that I've had in my life, like reinventing myself professionally, taking a total 180, a lot of that started with small changes happening. So I remember instead of, for example, you know, spending my weeknights out doing things that people in that industry and my work environment might have been doing, I actually started going home to have dinner by myself and reading the Bible because that's just where I was heading. And, you know, I had, of course, I had the thoughts of like, well, do I need to get ahead in work and career? Do I need to be doing these things? And it was like, no, actually, this is where I'm heading. I, I need to spend time doing this because that's who I'm becoming. I didn't have language for that, but a lot of people have desires in their life of things they'd like to have or do, but they don't really consider like who you have to become to have and do those things. I hadn't made that connection. I was just, I was just recognizing that in order for me to change how I was feeling, I needed to change what I was doing. And you know, in hindsight, I can tell you, well, to become a person of peace, I definitely had to read the Bible. And that was going to be required of me because my soul was thirsty. And the word of God was the only thing that was sustaining me. And so, you know, it wasn't just like words on a page. It was like the word of God coming alive in me. That's what was happening And what was going to be required of me to be a man of peace was to spend time, I feel like I'm even just ministering to myself right now, spend time reading with Holy Spirit just filling me up and giving me what I couldn't get for myself. So that was going to be required of me, and it required me to say no to other things, commitments maybe that I had at one time agreed to or lifestyle choices at one time that I had pursued. I say lifestyle choices, like not good things, (laughs) not good things for me, not healthy things for me. So that was going to be required of me, but it was a small change. What am I doing on my weeknight evenings? That made a big difference. I became much more of a man of peace. And it actually gave me confidence later on in life to, to make a decision that was very difficult for me with peace in leaving the, the path I was on a promotion for uncertainty. So, you know, that, Small change made a big difference to me. But an example I gave in an email I sent out earlier this week that was titled, Don't Be Afraid to Reinvent Yourself. One of the examples I gave as a small change that can make a big difference is maybe maybe you haven't been known as the guy at the office who talks about their faith. You know, and you, you kind of can feel like, well, do I live like two lives? You know, on the weekend, I'm kind of this guy. And on weekday at work, I'm this guy. And you don't have to live that way. Like one of the reasons people feel either disconnected from their success or feeling like there's there's more than just like accomplishment but they don't know what that more is is because they can't feel they don't feel like they're being their full self in all areas of their lives they feel fragmented and one of the ways you can become a whole integrated self is by bringing your full self to to all the areas of your life and that requires a little bit of courage it also requires just a shift in your thinking 
practically, maybe next time somebody asks you about your weekend, you just change how you answer the question. Instead of saying, yeah, it was good or it was busy, it was like, actually, I was on a retreat. It was a guy's retreat. My church was hosting. We all went out to the woods. It's powerful. We have worship, fellowship. Um, it's actually a big part of my life. And now by doing nothing more than just being authentic in an office environment, you are reinventing yourself in the eyes of others through shifting their perspective. Maybe in the past they didn't associate faith as an important part of your life journey or story, and maybe that's actually a huge part of their journey. And now you have some common ground that you didn't have before outside of the work setting. Just a simple example, but a different way of thinking about it is maybe they didn't have faith as a part of their journey, and that's something that's actually new for them. And so maybe they have more questions about your story and about what that means for you. And maybe Holy Spirit is highlighting something to you about what they're thinking or going through. And so you have a a different perspective, not just about your work environment, but maybe even your purpose in that environment. And it's really powerful. Just the simple shift in your way of thinking and how you answer a question can do a lot for your whole day-to-day experience. Now, in a different example, I shared about how you might be that person who is not known for canceling plans and getting sleep because she prioritizes rest and recovery over fulfilling an unrealistic list of commitments for everybody. It's as simple as telling somebody you can't make it and trusting they'll be okay and they're in God's hands. Literally, like quite literally, you can reinvent yourself in the eyes of others, friends who expect you to be at everything, every invite, whatever it might be, simply by changing your priorities. Actually, I really need to prioritize rest or sleep because I've had this incredibly long weekend where I kind of overextended myself with this commitment and that thing, this other thing came up. And I know if I don't prioritize this for me, it's just going to spill over into the rest of the week. I can just say, hey, actually, I can't make it. I need to prioritize rest tonight. And now people start to look at you like, wait, you prioritize rest over this thing I invited you to. That's new. You're starting to teach people how to treat you. You're reinventing yourself without cutting your hair, moving across the country, changing careers, whatever it might be. You're just changing how people perceive you. And you're growing into, hopefully, a healthier, more free, at peace version, the person who God's made you to be. That's the choice that we get to have, right? Is are we, are we becoming more like who God's made us to be, which is in his image, in his character, or are we not? And if you recognize very clearly, this is the person I'm becoming, then it becomes a lot easier to make those decisions and reinvent yourself because you'll have new priorities. Out of your identity flows priorities. Now, I'll leave you with this just because it's a really thought-provoking question. It stuck with me, and, and I think it'll really help you as you're thinking about maybe what changes you can be making. If somebody fired you as the CEO of your life, what's the first thing the new CEO would do different? So you're the CEO of your life. Now, let's just say you're not doing a great job. You get fired. What's the first thing the new CEO who comes in would change? That's something to consider. Now, thank God we don't need to be fired as the CEO of our lives in order for us to make different decisions. But it's worth considering what kind of decisions would I change if I was going to be fired for poor management? 
I think a lot of people, I think if you're listening, you, you probably resonate with, maybe I'm uh, struggling with overcommitment. Maybe uh, I haven't managed my health very well, or maybe these beliefs that I have, the fear of man I have, and my worry about what other people think of me is keeping me from doing the things that I need to do that I know are my priorities. Even if people at church might perceive me a certain way because I say no to certain commitments, even if I may mess up and make the wrong decision, I have to continue pushing myself outside of the comfort zone of what I've known, doing things I haven't done if I'm going to become that person that God has made me to be, if I'm going to shed the old identity and come into that God-given original design for who I'm made to be. It's a little bit of a trial and error. It's not linear. There's going to be some up, some down, some sideways. But in order to keep progressing, I do have to be evaluating my decisions. And along the way, knowing that I'm developing the skill of reinventing. So I hope this has helped you get one or two shifts in your thinking, maybe even just helped you evaluate who you are, where you're going, and what you would do different if if someone fired you as the CEO of your life and brought in somebody new. What's the first thing they would do? Now, if your answer to that question is like mindset, 100%, new priorities, but I'm not exactly clear on what those ought to be. There's something that I've been kind of stuck in a pattern, way of thinking, I know it's showing up in these different areas of my life. Maybe it's work, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's health, whatever it is. But you know that it's deeper than just like, oh, yes, just I need a new job or I need uh, to change my location. If you know that there's that pattern and you want to break that pattern and lay a new foundation, reach out to me about boot camp. Okay, the last boot camp of the year starts November 20th. And we have a couple spots open. You can reach out to me over Instagram, LinkedIn, uh, or on my website, tjloeffler.com. Just type bootcamp in your message. We'll get a reply back and we'll take it from there. But if this has been helpful to you uh, and you think of somebody, please go ahead and share. Thanks so much for listening. I appreciate you.